Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, my sweet, sweet babe, and welcome to another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. I am your host, Diana Jebbia. I'm telling you right now, you have to grab a glass of something your favorite drink, whether it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic, just grab it because let me tell you, sis or bro, I am on one today, okay? With all that being said, we're going to spill some Bravo tea. We are going to recap the latest Shaza Sunset episode, and then I am a total bozo who forgot to ask about your opinions, so no, that's my opinion for today. Totally my bad, but we will get into that next week. Make sure you send me your Shaw's opinions, your Shaw opinions, Okay, okay, let's spill some Bravo tea because, like, I want to say it's hot, but it's just, it's wild, okay? So first, what do I start with first? There's, like, so much to begin with. How about we start with what happened today? So today is Tuesday. No, I don't even know what day it is. Today is Monday. I wish it was Tuesday. When you hear this, it's going to be Tuesday. But today's Monday, and earlier today, um... Bravo and Cocktail, shout out to them on Instagram, posted this beautiful, what looked like a very legit Vanity Fair cover that said Real Housewives All-Stars. And it was our dear Andy Cohen surrounded by wives, you know, some expected to be all-stars like Kyle and Teresa, uh, LVP, Nini was on there, etc. And then we all reposted it like, oh, look at this Vanity Fair cover. Vicky Gunvalson is shaking because she wasn't on there. And then I was like, wait, Jackie Goldschneider's on here? Like, she's definitely not an all-star. So we were all confused about it. We're all speculating about it. And then, like, finally, people are getting so in a huff. Like, other Bravo accounts are like, it's not real. And I'm like, oh, that makes total sense now. Um, Shout out to... Gab Gutierrez, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh, the IG handle is it's Gab Gutierrez, who designed this really pretty realistic looking magazine cover that got us all riled up. But it was just so funny because we all thought it was real. We're all talking about what housewives should be on there. Do they deserve to be on there? Who's another wild one that we were all like, what is she doing on there? Um, Jackie was the one that stood out most to me. Oh, Crystal. Like, Crystal's great, but she's only been on for a few weeks. So we're like, how is she an all-star? How is Vanity Fair calling her an all-star? They weren't. It was just a fan magazine. But we're all talking about the meme. So, like, hey, it was a great day for Gab Gutierrez. Good for you, bubs. And, like, the people who got mad at us for talking about it, like, I don't even say they got mad. They didn't get mad. But the people who were like, it's fan-made. It's like, okay, we're talking about it. There are worse things in life that happen. Nobody died. We're giving your friend great buzz. I don't know. It was just really ridiculous on all ends. And that was kind of just the highlight of my morning. I'm like, are we serious? We're seriously like getting all in a huff about a fake magazine cover, which was really well done. There are worse things in life. There are worse things in life. Okay. And I just had to share that with you listening because I know you would appreciate it. On to the next Bravo T, which is like, just as ridiculous. So I believe it was either Friday or Saturday. Bethany Frankel posted in her story she was cooking something that did not look good. By the way, it looked like, let me just tell you what it was. It was a piece of flatbread, maybe a tortilla of some sort with what looked like two pieces of meat, but like 
the meat was paper thin and shaped like an oblong oval. Like it just did not look appetizing on top of shredded cheese and the the cheese was chunky. It didn't look good, but she was putting it in a toaster oven and she said, oh, by the way, I'm working on developing one of these, which like every Bravo fan in their right mind knows that Miss Sonia Morgan was doing the toaster oven thing. And Bethany Frankel got mad at Sonia Morgan when she developed a wine brand called Tipsy Girl. Bethany was like, no, no, Skinny Girl's my thing. You have a cheater brand. So like on Friday or Saturday, whatever day it was, we were all like, no, Bethany, mm -mm, you can't say that Sonia was doing a cheater brand for the wine and you turn around and say you are making a toaster oven or developing a toaster oven when that's Sonia's thing, like, isn't that a little bit hypocritical of you? So I made this meme because that's what I love to do with my time that says absolutely no one. You know, the meme like no one. And then Bethany Frankel, here's my cheater brand toaster oven with the caption, no one, not a single soul on earth asked for a Bethany Frankel toaster oven upside down smiley face. And don't think we forgot about how you humiliated our dear Sonia for her tipsy girl wine and called it a cheater brand B. I couldn't even stomach her after the big shot. She was so rude and needed a slice of humble pie. Now this. Um, apparently that angered Bethany because she blocked me. So yeah, <laughs> she did. I woke up the next day I, I don't remember, again, Friday, Saturday, all the days are one. But I woke up whatever the following day was to a blocked me. There is no allegedly needed because these are the facts. Do not come after me. I was blocked, okay? Bethany blocked me. It's okay. I don't know what part of that made her upset. Maybe I was just calling her out on the truth that she is being kind of hypocritical for developing a similar product to her friend who she got mad at for developing a similar product to her. Okay, that's not cool, Bethany. I don't know. It just made me so mad. And then I watched the big shot with Bethany on HBO Max. I had nothing to do on my flight from L.A. to New Jersey. So I was like, oh, just let me watch this. I used to love Bethany for the record. I used to think she was great. But slowly, I just felt she was really arrogant and not kind. And I don't know. Something about her rubbed me the wrong way. And everything about that was confirmed during the big shot with Bethany. She was so rude to her contestants. She talked down on them. Granted, they messed up. They messed up big time. There were some challenges like the one guy, Corey, when they were doing the photo shoot, he's like, oh, would you be comfortable doing a, a topless pic when they were doing lingerie? And she was like, no, which I totally get that was inappropriate and totally his bad. But she proceeded to make fun of him after that. Like, oh, you want your contestants to be professional, Bethany? It goes both ways. It goes both ways. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just can't deal with people who seem like they're too good for other people. I don't care how hard you've worked. I respect that. I respect her hustle. She started from the bottom and now she's here. But that doesn't mean you lose any sort of compassion for other people, which at the end she would cry and be like, this is really hard for me. And I'm like, well, is it hard for you? Because you haven't been acting like it's hard for you at all. You haven't. I don't know. She flip flops both ways. I can't keep up with that. I don't have the patience for that. But to my point, I, yeah, I just don't care how hard you've worked. If you're not a nice person, I'm not going to like you. I'll respect you, but I, I'm not going to like you. It is nice to be important, but it is more important to be nice. That is what someone who I worked with, who I very much respect in the industry I'm in, has given me. That was like starting advice way back when I started in my career. And I have held on to that so tightly. And I hope everyone who I have ever come in contact with knows that 
being nice and being a hard worker is something I value. So that is, whoa, I just got on a tangent. I'm telling you, do you have that wine ready or whatever you're drinking ready? Because like, like I said, I am on one. I am fired up. Just fired up. Okay. Um, the last thing I want to spill the Bravo tea about is Madison LaCroix and her new man. She's got an Instagram official with him. I can't. Here's the thing with Madison LaCroix. I can't stand her, but she gets me a lot of TikTok views and I need to get that out there. (laughs) It's like I can't stand her, but I'm grateful for the traffic she draws to my profile. Is that mean? I don't know. She's so thirsty. She was talking to A-Rod allegedly or whatever. And then the next thing you know, J-Lo and A-Rod are no longer a thing. So even though it is in no way, shape or form confirmed that she drew a rift in their relationship, it's just very bizarre timing to say the least. But again, allegedly they didn't yada yada CYA. If you don't know what that means, Google it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Madison went Instagram official with her new man. We know nothing about him. Except he's handsome. He kind of does resemble Craig. And I'm sure we're just going to be seeing him all over, especially since Austin was seen with Kristen Cavallari last week. So now she's like, oh, I I mentioned I had a boyfriend. Here you go, hon. Spotlight's yours. I'm sure we're going to see her doing the thirstiest things with him. She had a Cartier love ring on her ring finger, which... I'm sure she did that for attention. I'm sure she wanted to get everyone speculating because everyone on my TikTok, if you're not following me there, by the way, it's at Diana Jebbia. I am waiting for you. Open armed, virtual hugged. But yeah, a lot of people were commenting on my TikTok like, oh, is she married? Because I see a ring on her finger. And I'm like, no, no, no. That is just a Cartier love band that he probably bought her. And she probably put on that finger to get everyone talking. Also, she did post, I believe it was a story of her sipping Budweiser with the Cartier love band on. And we know that's a dig at Austin and his Trap Pop beer. Has anyone tried Trap Pop, by the way? I have not. I've tried Loverboy, uh, which is obviously Kyle and Amanda's, but I have not tried Trap Hop. I am a huge beer person, so maybe I should get on that and let you know how it is. But yeah, I I need to like cool myself down. That is all the Bravo tea I am spilling for this week. And it was a lot. I hope we are all on the same page about that. All right, let's recap Shaws of Sunset, shall we? So this episode was Elijah's welcoming party, you know, because of COVID. Uh, Gigi couldn't show the baby to anyone. So she's finally ready for everyone to meet him in a safe way. And it's funny because later in the episode, MJ brought up that it's basically a sip and see, which is a Southern tradition, and that's what she did for Shams. But Gigi has to rebrand it in her own way. But the craziest part for me with all this is we're throwing this extravagant, crazy party for a child, like costumes, props, the whole nine for an infant. But if there's anything we love on Bravo, we love a crazy party for a child that they're never going to remember, right? Remember Taylor Armstrong with like the 100000 however much it costs, tea party for her daughter. Granted, she was a little bit older, but again, a child. These parties are more for the parents than they are for the children, but it makes for good entertainment for us. She had a party planner who built a diorama for the party, complete with a, like a Lego layout, was it? And like little miniature props of what the party would look like. And let me tell you, that diorama will probably be nicer than my wedding someday. 
count on that. But before the party, Gigi wants to confront Reza about Palm Springs and the spoof texting and him abandoning her. And we kind of get Reza and Mike's sides to the story on this one. So Reza said that Mike said he knew Gigi sent the texts. And Reza is also saying that he made up the text to distract Paulina. So he was blaming Gigi. This is Reza's side of the story. He was blaming Gigi for these spoof texts, but Mike is really the one who created it to distract Paulina from the terrible text that actually did happen. And Mike's side of the story says that Reza said Gigi made the spoof text, and he's saying that it was, in fact, Reza, but he was blaming Gigi. Who do you believe in this situation? Truthfully, who do you believe in this situation because both men have a history of lying you know Mike as we've said in the past the men are menning making up really crappy lies to kind of hide from the wrongdoing that he's done in his relationship and Reza likes to stir the pot who do you believe in this situation I really can't get on board with anyone here I'm on board with the spiritual advisor who we meet a little bit later because there's no way either one of these stories are right. Like, they're too far-fetched for them to be true on either side. That's just my take on the whole thing. So after we get both sides to the spoofs text scenario, Gigi spills to Reza that she saw MJ, and MJ said that Reza's not allowed to see baby shams, which, of course, makes Reza really upset. And as I've said in the past, this is how it's got to be. There's a restraining order against Tommy. I totally get why MJ has that boundary in place, but this was not Gigi's place to tell Reza. That was a little bit sneaky of her. Now Reza's upset. Now we've set up drama at her son's welcoming party. Gigi, who didn't want drama at her son's party, has now kickstarted the whole thing unknowingly. She should have kept that to herself, but then you and I would not have a TV show now, would we? We would not. So after this, we move on to Nima and MJ's paint and sip, which is just obviously a setup so we could talk about Palm Springs. And Nima is upset about Gigi. He didn't acknowledge her. And this is what I really like about MJ. She's grown as a person. She's saying, well, wait a second. You know, you're upset that Gigi didn't acknowledge you, but you rejected her in Hawaii. And she's probably feeling some hurt from that. And that's why she didn't acknowledge you. We need to look at both sides of the situation when looking at actions. And I really love that from MJ. But we also learned that Nima's not invited to Elijah's welcoming party, which I get it, but that was a lot to take in. So that's really all that scene was good for. I don't know. Some of these scenes, this episode, I'm like, take it or leave it. And it just so happened that Nima was in both of them. Sorry. But then we head over to the park where London and Gigi are with London spiritual advisor Heather. And like the funniest part about all this was the editing. So we have that like crazy kaleidoscope when London's explaining what exactly Heather does. And then Gigi's like, oh, this is a little bit kooky for my taste. But those editors are coming in clutch with every single solitary spiritual activity Gigi has done in the past episodes, which is a lot. So this whole thing is hysterical. Now, Gigi is looking for help from the spiritual advisor to find out who said what with the texting situation. So did Mike blame Gigi? And did Reza blame Gigi? Who really spoke that? And we find out that Heather says Reza implied it, so, but it was Mike who exaggerated it. So what I'm taking from that is 
Mike and Reza were talking and it's like, oh, I got these spoof texts, Mike says. And Reza's like, oh, you know, in the past, Gigi just has done some things. This is like her character. Like, I don't know. Maybe she could have done it. And then Mike probably was like, yeah, 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 she did it. That's how the spiritual advisor is basically summing up. It went down. I can agree with that because I will neither trust Mike nor Reza fully. As Donnie and I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, like Reza's a sneaky snake because he likes to stir the pot and Mike can't keep it in his pants and wants to cover his back every which way. And I can totally see him blaming Gigi just so he can get away from whatever wrongdoing he's done. So I have to agree with the spiritual advisor on that one. And she probably knows best because she's a spiritual advisor. Bravo has the best psychics, by the way. By the way, um, the dinner party from hell with Beverly Hills, like that was a little bit haywire. Very entertaining. Most recently with The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and that whole stuff with Jen went down. So entertaining. I think that Bravo clearly has the best psychics and I want to hire every single one of them. Next, we are joining MJ, Shams, Tommy, and Vita for Vita's birthday. Um, I love this family. I love the dynamic. First of all, like Shams is the cutest baby ever. I just want to hug him. And then MJ would be like, why are you hugging my son? I don't know you. And I would apologize profusely. He's adorable. I love how protective Vita is over Shams. She's such a good grandma. And we have those flashbacks to when MJ was a bit of a hater saying that MJ was not marriage material and when she didn't get along with Tommy. But it all worked out. You know, they say mothers always know best, but I think sometimes they just don't. I'm glad MJ went with her gut on this one because it's a beautiful family. I love when they were doing that little toast. Um, I think it was like 100 years of good health or something like that. And they were saying it in Farsi and Tommy was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. and it just shows their dynamic. Like he tries. He didn't get it right, but he tries and they accept and they love him. And I'm obsessed. But meanwhile, in Reza's house, he's burning Espond, which is somewhat like a sage type thing that chases the evil eyes away or the evil eye, just one. What I love about this show is seeing the Persian traditions. They seem so interesting to me. It's always great to learn about their culture and what they place importance on. So I really love seeing that. And he's lighting or burning that Espond because he's nervous about seeing MJ at the welcoming party. He's heard that he can't see Shams and he saw that Palm Springs hope. And now he says that hope we had that great friendship we had in Palm Springs. It's all BS. That's what he's telling Adam currently. But I have to disagree with that. It's not BS. You and MJ can have a great friendship. You could be on the right track to friendship. But if you don't repair your friendship with Tommy, if you don't drop that restraining order, you're not going to see Shams. That's a boundary she set in place because of her husband. I feel like a broken record. I must say that at least once an episode. And Reza's well within his right and Adam's well within his right to want that restraining order in place of Tommy, but everything comes at a price. And the price of the situation is you're not going to see MJ's son. And I fully get both sides on that. It's just a sad situation. And I hope they can make amends of that. So we get to the party, which is outrageous, like I said. It's just crazy that this is a party to see an infant, but I also wish I was there, so I can't really judge it too much. Um, 
MJ is walking in dressed like a cat and Vita says, you look good, but you could lose 20 pounds. And like sometimes, no offense, mom, Vita very much reminds me of my mom because I can see my mom maybe not being as harsh as that. She wouldn't be like, you look good, but you need to lose 20 pounds. My mom would be like, um, you know, like that fit better on you previously. You, you might want to not eat so much cheese. Like when we're, we're eating antipasta on Sunday, she's like, that, that, don't you think that's enough? And I'm just like going hard at the provolone because provolone's so delicious. Don't fill up on the bread. That's what she would say. But she does remind me of Vita at certain times. And then I don't know why they did this. The editors cut to Nima and Sarah. That's his little sister getting together, which was cute. We didn't need it. He like meditates with her, which is fine. I don't know. It, it didn't move the plot. It was kind of dumb. I guess it was just to show, oh, I feel so bad. I'm like, yeah, him spending quality time with the sister was dumb. But I don't. it didn't serve the plot. I guess it was just to show, oh, Nima's not at this party. We should show him doing something else right now. It felt very out of place because we cut right back to the party. And that's where Vita is saying hi to Reza and Destiny. And she points out that Destiny looks great. She lost a lot of weight. But to wear the dress she's wearing, she needs a cute ass. Which Reza goes and tells Destiny that. Like, why? If you want to be friends with MJ, Reza, you totally just blew all of your chances. And I'm not defending Vita for saying what she did. What she did was very wrong. But MJ shut her down right after that moment. She said, Mom, we don't talk about women's bodies. That wasn't okay. She shut her down. Reza, you should not have gone and told Destiny. Number one, you're hurting Destiny's feelings unnecessary. Now you threw her into the fire when she didn't need that. She was feeling herself. She looked gorgeous. And now you just hurt her self-esteem. And number two, like I said, you're hurting your chances of gaining that trust from MJ. Like, why would that be your next move? Reza's excuse for all this is that he's saying everything out loud. But he's saying that with this group, they talk about each other. There has to be everything needs to be said out loud. Nothing can be behind one another's back. But like Vita's not in your group. And like I said, I'm not defending her, but... You didn't serve Destiny any purpose by telling her what Vita said about her. It was just wrong. It was just wrong. Destiny, not Destiny, MJ called Vita out already. Vita's an older woman. I'm not making excuses for her, but this isn't your friend who did that. There's no need to speak that out loud. She's not in your friend group. It's not like, oh, this person's talking crap about you. This person's MJ's mom. Leave her out of it. MJ called her out about it. I'm sure she'll give her a a mouthful in the car ride home too. like call her out. Don't tell Destiny. Don't make Destiny feel unnecessarily bad. That was just a really dumb excuse. We all know that Reza was trying to start crap because that's what he does. That's what he's been doing all this season. Then he starts flinging more shit around and he's like, well, I I told Destiny because MJ and Mike uh, always tell lies. I'm sorry. I don't see the correlation. Remember when we were in math class like years ago and we had to do correlations? Why do I always bring things back to school on this podcast? I am so sorry. But I remember doing like correlations and it's like, if X, then Y. So you, Reza, mean to tell me it's like, if Vita says destiny needs a but, I can tell people because MJ and Mike lie. Like if X and Y, then Z. How about if nope, then nope? Because none of that makes sense. Yes, MJ and Mike might be lying. But that doesn't mean you talk about what Vita said and you make someone feel bad. It just doesn't make any sense. And now Reza is Tasmanian deviling all over this party for 
cute little Elijah. He starts bringing up the spoof text. He starts bringing up that Mike wanted to sleep with Gigi in Turkey. And everyone just starts going at it. So what Gigi didn't want to happen has now happened because we know all of this drama is coming from a place of hurt because Reza is hurt that he cannot see baby shams and he admits that. And MJ says, you know, she hopes it could change one day, but you didn't come see me in the hospital. As we know, MJ had a really complicated birth and she didn't know if she was going to live and she was in the hospital and Reza did not come visit her and she's clearly still hurting about that. So they kind of make amends. It's kind of agreed that it wasn't false hope in, in Palm Springs and maybe one day that Reza can see Shams, but obviously he's got to make it good with Tommy. And everyone else just ends up fighting at this party and Golnessa kind of kicks them all out. It's like, I'm done with you. Please see the candy bar on your way out, which good for her. This, this crowd is so rowdy. They can get mad at each other and say the worst things to one another, but the amount that they're there for one another, like let's say they were leaving and God forbid somebody got hurt or hit by a car, they would all be in the same spot helping the situation, calling ambulances, tending to them, saving a life, donating an organ if needed. But damn, you bring up shit at a party and they're going at it. And that is what we love about the Shaza Sunset. So all in all, this was a good episode. Is it the greatest one? No. Um, Like I said, I think the unnecessary scenes with Nima, I feel so bad. Nima seems like a really nice guy. But the paint and sip and then him and his sister, eh, take it or leave it. Hopefully we get more from him. And Gigi, I really want to see resolution on that next episode or in the upcoming uh, episodes. I think we might get some resolution when we find out why Gigi and Shervin aren't speaking. And maybe we'll get some resolution with her and Shervin and her and Nima. It's definitely got to be a vulnerability thing. I will die on that hill. But yeah, I can't believe we finished a yet another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. By the way, did you know we are on Apple Podcasts? So you listening, Bubsies, right now, I want you to rate this podcast five stars. One, two, three, four, five. Mambo number five stars. And then leave a cute little review. Um, I actually just want to thank everyone who, who left me a review right now. Let me do this because I am a goof and forgot about that's my opinion this week. So let me thank all you babes who have left me a sweet little review. I want to thank Sabina. Marissa, whoever JoJXLexiX3 is, thank you. Uh, Katie, thank you so much. And Brad, 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 Brad the dad, we love him. Thank you so much for leaving me reviews. Your reviews help me out incredibly much so. So if you're listening and you haven't done that yet, please do so. Please follow me on Instagram to keep up with the latest Bravo tea. I do fun polls, recaps, memes, the whole shebang. Also, if you're a fan of The Bachelorette, that's starting up too. I also cover that on my Instagram and TikTok at Diana Jebia. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.